Hi everyone, it's the middle of summer, it's 4th of July week, and I have a summer challenge for you. The summer challenge is to go big. Big smiles, big fun, and really, really big play. Today's podcast is a solo with me, and I want to challenge you to create time and space sometime this summer for crazy big play. It's about independent play. An independent play works best when children cannot resist the fun and the adventure. So I want you to start creating those opportunities for your children to play without needing you at all, where you can just sit back and watch them engage in mammoth, whole body, whole heart, all the senses involved in big play. So I've got three tips for you. Tip number one is think really big. Like the parent I know who ordered a ton, yes, that's one truckload of sand to fill the backyard for the summer. Think hands-on, multi-sensory, lifting, pushing, building, crawling, dirty, sweaty play. So what are the possibilities? You could have a backyard sand or gravel pit. If you're not up to the whole truckload and surrendering your whole backyard to your child's play experience, then fill a plastic wading pool or two or three and bring out the sturdy shovels, a riding backhoe, and crazy wheelbarrows and rakes and everything you can think of. Make some of those buckets metal so that they clang and bang. Bring out... um, troughs (laughs) so that your child can find new ways and new shapes to carry, to measure, to compare, and to get all in. If you don't feel comfortable with sand or gravel, how about a digging garden? A place where your child doesn't have to be careful of the flowers or of the herbs. Now, I, I highly do recommend flowers and herbs and all those other lovely, lovely plant lives that you could have out there in your backyard. But what if it's just dirt, water, and some jungle animals out there? Or a jungle treehouse so that your child can be moving animals through the dirt, making tunnels, burying them, covering them creating rivers and streams and mountains. Let them build their own geography. Let them build other planets. Let them have hands-on imagination and interaction, whether it's with their own friends or with pretend friends and characters that they invent all of their own. If you're not so comfortable doing this outside, then how about creating a giant tent city somewhere in your house? Bring out the sheets and the pillows, all those stuffed animals that have been waiting on shelves for a real play day. Or make it a theme day around a playful tent. We have all those pop-up tents. They're inexpensive online, but you could create a maze of some of those. You could, but, you, but let your child move the chairs in and figure out how to drape those blankets and sheets over the tops of things. Then you have a whole science experiment too. The secret to success is to begin with an idea or an interest that you know your child is excited to engage in. Or if you see them carrying their blanket, then go ahead and use that to create a whole nother experience for their play. 
My second tip for you is to think self-sufficient. Be bold enough and organized enough to let your child figure it out. So that means you have to find the props, the toys, the experience that your child isn't going to have to keep asking for your supervision or your help um, until they figure out how to play more independently. It's okay to give them some support and ask the question back. What else do you need? What else do you need? I'll be right over here if you need something, but I want to just help you plan your play exactly as you want. And that, so that means start with things they like. Start with dolls, animals, figurines, uh, with the containers of different shapes, with seashells, pieces, pieces, pieces. Open-ended experiences tend to engage children the longest because there's so much more discovery than in playing with something that you can only play with in one right way or that has a right answer or a right way of doing it. Um, you, want to, you want to give your children um, safe things, tools, materials, but then have it so unstructured that they can use their imagination to combine it in different ways. But I do know that dinosaurs, animals, dolls, um, containers really do engage children for long, long periods of time. And start with the things your children love the most and then introduce things that um, are a little bit novel or create new combinations of toys so that they can really play with them with a sense of discovery. When in doubt, go with boxes find save those boxes save all of those broken pieces of things um, and and you can actually create like a hospital for broken toys uh, where they can find other ways for these toys to work other things to do with them um, and and but with the boxes you can be cutting windows for doors and 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 openings in them. You can decorate them with wallpaper, with stickers, with markers. If you're brave enough with paint, you can create caves for their animals or, or stuffed, um, stuff them with blankets and fabrics, pulling them through holes. You can make um, art easels with them. You can create puppet stages or televisions. There's so much. The boxes are the magical things that will engage children for a long, long time. And if you create time and routine around these experiences, then they'll play with them maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes one day. But over the next four or six weeks of summer, you might find that they're going to engage with them longer and longer. But my biggest request for you is to stand back Stay close, stay close just in case they need you, but stand back and practice a little bit of benign neglect. No hands-on rule reminders. You don't want this to be about you scolding, correcting, guiding. You, you, you want to be, they want, this wants to, I want this to be complete freedom for them to make mistakes um, within the safety of however you set this up. Um, only a smile or a wave, an okay, it's really fun to teach children the okay sign with their fingers um, where you can just, or a thumbs up, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here, but I know you've got this. 
And then trust your child to discover solutions to problems, to create rules that work for those situations, and to find out whatever they need. If they ask for help, simply, see, simply redirect and go back to your book or your headphones with some music, relax, um, have a great cup of tea or lemonade. Um, but this is really an opportunity to have a little bit on mommy camp or daddy camp right at home where you don't have to be running, but that you could really allow your children to experience themselves, um, the day, everybody in whatever mood they're in, the emotional possibilities in this kind of play are enormous. So I want you to sit back and watch and learn, but allow your child to go big. Okay, and then, and then one other thing that I wanna say is about the emotional part of this play, and that is when kids are all in, when kids get to feel their bodies themselves interacting with materials, with the world, emotions do pop up and you start to see the processing and synthesizing of their brains and their hearts. You see emotions and thinking start coming together. And so what I want you to watch for is how they might start expressing the challenges or um, the things that they're working on through their play. Might you hear your child scolding a doll to help them understand grown-up rules um, where they might be set where their their doll might be not wanting to go to bed and your child gets to play the parent and say you know I know you don't want to stay in bed while the grown-ups are awake but you know what it's bedtime and I love you and I'll see you in the morning um, I love what one of our teachers told me many years ago and this is from Miss Patty at Benetara congregation and what she said is she remembers vividly emotions in her play when she used to play the game operation she would feel that horrible anxiety that the tweezers are going to buzz the edges of the body and I think that that's such a valuable insight into how play allows us to examine ordinary stressful emotions like anxiety, like anticipation. Um, so I really thank her for sharing that and, and watch and see when your child might challenge themselves to like, I don't wanna to touch the buzzer, I don't wanna to touch the buzzer. Um, and, and again, the thought just came to my mind, put some timers into that big play scenario outside, timers that they can reset themselves, timers where they can see numbers getting bigger or lengths of time getting longer, again, and then to feel the surprise of a buzzer. It's just another great way to complement their play. I also want you to feel the emotions of knocking down block towers or when your child is, is building sandcastles or towers in the backyard and they stomp them um, where you can actually feel like a big dinosaur stomping over buildings. That's about power. That's about being bigger. Um, it's about being destructive when you're, when, you, when you're tired of using inside voices and being careful. So I wanna celebrate those emotions in play. I want you to um, allow them to bury animals in the sand. Um, the other thing is you start to see them lining up their toys, lining their dolls up on staircases, animals in a row, 
what you start to see is that they bring order and control to a miniature world where sometimes they could feel like other people are making those decisions for them. So I love the idea of being able to organize your stuff and setting your own rules, especially when there are new siblings, new houses, new schools, new friends, new neighborhoods um, that children are learning to adapt to. Um, and then of course, flashlights and candles, the, you know, the, the, the electric battery ones, um, where they can experience light in darkness, conquering fears, um, or they can be loud, growing, growling like lions, reminds your child that they have a big voice to scare away things that are um, smaller than them or, or the things that might be creeping in the dark. Um, daytime play builds character and resourcefulness for all kinds of nighttime challenges. So in, in the end, I just want to celebrate play this summer, but not structured play and not organized play and not adult directed play and not rule governed play. I want to celebrate noisy, loud, children controlling, children being purposefully destructive, children even being bossy, inventive, creative, out of the box, and really, really fun. That's play. And it absolutely means more than grown-up logic and, and grown-up reason can ever mean because play is the language of childhood and play is the place where thinking and emotions come together and we really learn the complex brain development that allows us to grow into the people um, we have the potential to be. So I wish you a playful summer, and, and, and not only for your children, but I hope you get some time to do some stargazing, some, some crunching over uh, weird textures, and, and yeah, a little bit of sweating outside in this crazy Florida humidity. Oh, I did forget one thing, and that is, if you're not an outside person, I do have an article on the Family Time website called The Boredom Jar, and it's much smaller activities uh, that you can do that, again, are independent and fun-filled and child-chosen, but it also gives you some resources of things to do when you need activities for in-the-house, open-ended play, and you also need a way to... Um, deal with rainy days and all those other things that get in the way of, of big play. And the Family Time website is www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're back with a fabulous podcast on books and music from PJ Library to add some sweetness, some joy, and maybe um, some beautiful meaning to your family life. Have a great week and a happy and safe 4th of July.